N-Y-Y-S-T This is New York Yankee Sports Talk Swinging for the fences Knock it out the park This is New York Yankee Sports Talk Christian and Chris Of course SGR This is New York Yankee Sports Talk Call me New York Yankee Sports Talk Record rain and shine Grab your shades and umbrellas N-Y-Y-S-T You're hanging with the fellas Welcome back. This is episode 295 of the NYYSC podcast. We're presented by NYY News TV. I'm your host, Christian. As always, joined by my co-host, Chris. You! What up, bro? What's up, man? Uh, nothing. Don't you always hate the first, like, three seconds of the show? No, I don't you know. You just don't know what to say. Dog's looking out the window. I don't know what he sees. I'll say this. I'll break the ice. If the Yankees didn't win today, we're recording on Sunday. It's pre-recorded. This show would have been a fucking train wreck. Well, the show's always pre-recorded for those people that listen on Apple Podcasts. True. But, True. Uh, so if you're in the chat on NYY News TV, uh, yes, we recorded Sunday night. You'll, you're watching a premiere and not a live episode. So don't have to be in the chat going. People get pissed. People get pissed. They're like, why, why pretend like it's live? It's not. It's a premiere, dude. We're not pretending it's live. We're coming out and telling you that this is not a live show. I don't want this to be live. This couldn't be live. I'm glad we're not live this week. Are you planning on doing something? Something crazy could happen. I'm glad. Like I said, if they didn't win today, where I was mentally, it was one of the darkest places I've been as a Yankee fan. Are you planning on saying something that can't make air? No, 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 no. No, I just mentally wasn't there. Anything could have happened. I have two I have two windows in this room, in my daughter's room. Okay. Okay? That's where I that's where I'm subject to to record. Okay, I have two windows here. One of them might have had me going through it. Okay. That's but where I was. Win- that's where I was. No, I I wish I would have known that. I would have rooted for a loss. Tonight. I know. And it's so sad because my son is fi- he's five years old. Okay, five. He's, he uh-huh. loves baseball, but he's finally like loving watching the games. Okay, okay. And he's pretending to like you know when you were a kid, pretending to hit fucking home runs. You're Yankees, and he's like getting up there. He's Aaron Judge hitting grand slam. Then he's Anthony Rizzo hitting a grand slam. And I don't have the heart to tell him. I don't have the heart to tell him that a you can't hit a grand slam as a leadoff hitter. Okay. And B. The Yankees can't hit the broadside of a fucking barn right now. Well, you need to you need to teach them the rules of baseball. Okay, that's your okay, job. that's my job. Okay. Failure on my part. Failure. Okay, that's I'm a number failure one. of a parent. And number two. Okay, the Yankees do hit grand slams. Okay, they do. Okay, just one of them, and then he gets yeah. booby butt. Yeah, so uh, the Yankees uh, having a stellar homestand after just a, an atrocious road trip. Uh, they're they're what two and five on this homestand so far. Correct against they, division rivals, and they had to win the final game of each series to stave off sweeps. So uh, things are not going well for the Yankees, and uh, I don't really know if this is pretend acting from Boone or if he's really mad. But he's been a little testy no, in the post games after Friday and Saturday's game, slapping a table. You know, yelling at reporters. It's not really Aaron Boone's way, so I don't know if he's just putting on an act. No. Or if he's really mad. I don't think he is. I think he's genuinely pissed. Um, I, I, I think he's mad. Yeah, sure. He's not happy with the team, the way the team is playing, but I also 
think the uh, the slap on the table was a little fugazi the other night. No, I don't at all. I actually love no, it. I do. A real man punches the table and then throws the microphone across the room. Maybe. Maybe. But he's not allowed to be a real man here. You have to remember that. He he got out of line and then went, oh, my God. I'm the cuck. I'm Brian Cashman's cuck. I better I better rein it in. Do you know yeah, where he lost so. me when, after he smacked the table? And then he immediately adjusted the microphone back. That was, yeah, that's, that's that where was he lost me a little. That was a predetermined smack. Predetermined uh, if outcome. You're that, if you are that much in, in the throes of an anger rage, right. you're, not, you're not thinking to fix the microphone. Right. So you, you're right. A you're, little. you're looking to do more damage and throw some shit. So the microphone should have landed like at some mass report. No, you're right. Okay? You're right. Okay. You're right. So the Yankees did win today. They they should have scored a lot more runs than they did. It really shouldn't have come down to needing the uh, heroics of Andrew Benintendi in the seventh inning, but it did. So, uh, I mean, this is where we're at right now. I know a lot of a lot of fans. Since we're talking about Aaron Boone, you know, that's the fire Aaron Boone. Right, we got to fire Aaron Boone. I again, we talk about this on the show a lot. What do you think you're accomplishing by firing Aaron Boone? Let's talk about the 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 logic of firing Aaron Boone, which is not going to happen Let's because. Excuse me. Did the Yankees not give this guy a three year extension a week after another terrible October loss? Yes. So why are they now? What makes you think they're going to fire him while this team still holds? A pretty sizable lead in yeah. the American League East. Yeah, true. What makes you? This is just, no. We're uh, just to get everybody who's like they got to fire him. They got to fire him. Well, what makes you think they are going to do it? What if the Yankees exactly lost right now? Okay, they they don't have home field advantage anymore. Yeah, does that is that a reason to fire your manager? Like, let's just let's use logic in a sense here and not talk with emotion so much. Okay, they fell behind the Astros. They're probably not going to catch them now. You fire your manager over that? I don't know. Last, I mean, the time to do it was last year. You didn't even have to fire him. He was done. He was out of a contract. They waited like six days after getting embarrassed in Boston, and they were like, oh, let's bring him back. You know, so why Why when they're still holding the lead in the East, are they, get, are they now going to be like, oh, we got to fire him? You know, it's there's there's certain things that you say, and I hate giving you credit for sh- for shit. You know that. So when I actually give you credit, you know it's coming from a genuine place. But there's certain things you say that resonate with me, and I I remember them, and I think they're worth sticking to. I think they're worth having as a as a foundation here of principles uh, to think back on and to really reflect on. And the one thing you've said, and I go, and I always go back to it is the person who hired Aaron Boone, who gave him that contract, that extension doesn't deserve to fire him. He doesn't get to fire Aaron Boone at this point. No, he doesn't. And I think, it, and I think it just, it ends there because, okay. So if you fire, if you fire Aaron Boone, I'm not saying that it, it wouldn't, better the team or worse than the team. I, I'm not going to speculate on that right now. All I'll say is we can, we can pretty much say at least on the surface, on the surface, it's for optics. It's, it's theater, right? We like to say that because at that point you have, you have an interim manager, right? 
uh, it would probably be uh, what's his face? Is Mendoza the bench Men- coach? Yeah, Mendoza. Mendoza. Yeah, okay. Probably be Mendoza, right? Does the team play better for Mendoza? Maybe, but it's but again, it's just it's more of an optics thing. It's more of a hey, we care. We're gonna fire this guy because this is a fucking nosedive, right? It's not like it's not the end all be all. What's gonna save this team? So why should he get to do that when next year we know fucking clear? We we I I am ninety eight percent positive. That Brian Cashman, no matter what happens, will still have a job, and he will be hiring the next manager. Why does he get to do any of that? And he shouldn't get to do any of that. I thought it was time to clean house after last year, and we're still here. And like you said, it's going to be, an, I would put it at a 98% probability, regardless of what happens, uh, we will be here again next year with the same regime in place. So, well, it's here's here's what I tweeted, and I mean it, and I know you don't like to hear this because I don't know what it means for the future of this show, but I absolutely mean it. So, get ready, and maybe my thoughts will change. Maybe this is heat of the moment. I'm willing to watch a shitty team. I'm willing to watch this team fail. I am. I'm willing to go 20 years of watching this team be unbearable. What I'm not willing to do is be made a fool in the process. And I promise you, if this team doesn't win a pennant, let alone a World Series, and they bring back Boone, and they bring back Cashman, they are doing nothing but making you, me, and everyone who supports this team a fool. And I don't know if I'm willing to do that anymore. I'm not saying Uh I won't root for the team. I'm not saying I won't watch games. But I don't know if my heart will be there the way it is now. Uh-huh. I well, really don't. You know what? If you if you don't like being made a fool of, I mean, you should probably just take all the mirrors out of your house because just when you wake up in the morning, you make a fool of yourself. Can okay? you can listen? Listen. If you think me looking in the mirror is the worst part of my days, you're you're mistaken. Yes, if it gets worse from there, bro, you, got you know what I love. With the, it's a great plug. This is a great plug for our Patreon. You go to Patreon.com/slash/mymyst if you want some bonus content. I post all your Patreons that you do, and if you go like in order, you have this thing where it's like five weeks ago you're clean shaven, and then you just progressively each post I see more and more beard. Mm-hmm. So what do you mm-hmm. do? You shave every five weeks. Uh, I was probably on vacation five weeks ago. Uh, so that's you do the vacation shave. You uh-huh. shave up and down. You go it's up and down business. shave. Okay, it's none of okay. Business. okay, 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 okay. <sighs> uh, so the Yankees did win. People. I mean, the Yankees did win today, right? So I mean, it doesn't fix everything. It's just a you can you can breathe a little bit. That they didn't yeah. get swept, the the lead it didn't go down to five, which is you're real you're in real danger. Real danger at that point. At that point, so they they took a game, and it was a, again it was another very frustrating game to watch today because uh, Fugazi tough guy Alec Manoa didn't have good stuff today, and he what he gave up two runs over six innings because you're watching this game, okay. He has no control of his fastball. 
But, you know, Gleyber Torres decides he's going to swing at it 2-0. He decides he's going to swing at it 3-0. Crazy. Both way, both way inside. And both allowed Manoa to get back into the count and retire him and strand runners in scoring position. Now, before we actually deep dive uh, Manoa here, which we got, we have other things to talk about regarding him, Glaver Torres needs to be, and I, I'm using my tweet verbatim here, okay? he needs to be somebody else's problem next year, not the Yankees' problem. Yeah, you want to go, look, you're the showrunner here. You want to go negative right away, or you want to get the positives out of the way? What's the positive? Are we are we speaking? No, about I no, I think no, 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 no. I think there's po- no. I'm just in general because the positives are quick. There's not many of them, right? We can we can list them in two minutes. First of all, Nestor Cortez is the Yankee ace. I don't care what anyone says. Okay, can I get there? Okay, you want to go? Uh, that's what I'm saying. You want to? Well, you want to take this train Torres right now? Okay, let's so so what we're doing uh-huh. here? Let's just make it clear. We're taking the train. We're 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 derailing it. And then we're going to fix it for a little bit. And then we're going to fucking take it completely off the tracks. Sure, that's what you Okay, fine. Fine. Glaber Torres is the biggest waste of fucking space. I was wrong about the fact that I thought he was coming back and being well, a different player. The biggest waste of space compared to who? Compared to the guy we thought we were going to get. Uh-huh. Okay? Uh-huh. Okay, listen. Not the biggest waste of space on this team. No. No. Because there's, yes. <laughs> there's plenty that give him a run for his money. Here's what I'll say about Glaber Torres. He's one of those players, just like Joey Gallo, who I actually like, and I want to see be successful. And he's playing well out in L.A. Not Joey Gallo. I'm talking about Torres now. You said Joey Gallo. You like like him. him like Joey Gallo. I always wanted to see uh-huh. him succeed because not just because he was a Yankee, but because I actually like Joey Gallo. I actually like Glaber Torres. I really. Of course, I want to see any Yankee succeed, but it really, it pains me on a different level to see him fail because I think he's genuinely a good dude. I think he's genuinely stupid. Too. He's genuinely stupid too. I, I, I agree with you, but it kills me because this dude had was apparently the best. Look, anyone who wants to sit here, I'm sure Volpe's going to be a fucking superstar. But anyone who wants to defend Cashman and say he shouldn't have gotten Castillo because we need to hang on to Volpe, evidence, piece of evidence number one, Glaber Torres. Who Cincinnati wanted two years ago for Luis Castillo. <laughs> there you go. Okay. The Yankees he, said no. Right, exactly. He's evidence number one. I'm not saying Volpe's that. All I'm saying is you don't know if he's going to be another Glaber Torres. You don't know. Because Glaber Torres, wasn't he the number one prospect in all of baseball for a while? Yeah, around that. Volpe's not even that, is he? Uh, I don't think he's number one overall, no. Right. He's but. not even at the level that Glaber Torres once was. He's not even at that level in prospect land. And you're, and you're giving up on guys who can help this team win a World Series now for guys who aren't even as t- highly touted as Glaber Torres once was. And that's all you have to go. That's all I have to point to. You see, the leverage is all in our court when you're again when when you're in when you're in the mindset that we're in. Everything points to what we're saying. And and it's really it's really difficult to watch this kid go out there. And and, and then what? What's worse? What's worse than Glaber Torres being a piece of shit? Glaber Torres being a piece of shit batting fifth. That's what's worse. Well, here's I mean. It, 
I'm not defending the, the Yankees and their lineup construction, but I don't know what else is going to happen at this point when Josh Donaldson sucks and he's sick right now and stands out and Matt Carpenter's out. Somebody's got a bad fist. Yeah, sure. But here's my problem, man. My problem is you're, you're DHing uh, Aaron Judge and you're playing Marvin Gonzalez, who's what, two for his last 40? Okay, he hasn't had a hit. And then you're like also putting Aaron Hicks out there, which, again, someone came at me today because I said Florio must be dead or hurt. And they're not. T- he's one for 20. I don't care if he's negative 10 for 30. I do not want to see Aaron Hicks in this fucking lineup anymore. I don't care. Let the guy go one for 50. I don't care. Stop putting Aaron Hicks in this fucking lineup, especially in must-win games. Well, you could see the difference between the way the Yankees think about Cabrera versus yes. the way they think about Florial. The Yankees, just for whatever reason, don't like Estevan Florial. Okay? He was only brought up here because they got sick of looking at Aaron Hicks and they needed to do something for a couple of days. And they figured maybe we could get a little hot streak out of this kid and because we, we know we're not going to get it out of a guy like Tim LaCastro. Whereas Cabrera, who's not hitting. Wasn't LaCastro okay, hurt too? Or no? No, he's he's fine. Oh now. no, he's bad. He, they just sent him down. Yeah. Whereas a uh, a kid like Cabrera, who's up here, who's not hitting. Okay, he's got three hits since he's been up here. Is that bats? They look good. Like he looks like he, he has an idea up there. It's just not computing really. He's not putting it all together. But the Yankees, are, you're seeing what the Yankees like about him. He can play. He's played third base, shortstop, right field. Uh, since he's been up here, and he looks like he can handle all three positions, and he's made good defensive plays in all three positions. <laughs> I'll tell you what: if if IKF's playing shortstop today, the Yankees might not win that game. No, the Yankees lose this. I honestly, honestly, guy, and this is not to pile on Isaiah kind of Falefa. If he's that shortstop, and that same play happens that where uh, Cabrera booted it, and then yes. and then uh, he throws know, it away it. for sure. Oh, uh, he! I don't even know if he gets the throw off. You could say that too. You don't even know if he gets throw. But yes, I that exact thought went through my mind that if IKF is playing short, the Yankees lose this game today. So now here's my thing. When does the service time shit end? Like when they can call up? Is that September? Is that September 1st? I had heard that. That one. Uh, I had heard. I don't know. I this Honestly, that's a weak point um, for us, I guess. If you want to blame us for anything, we don't know this. I just don't understand how that all works. But I did hear that with the September call-ups, then it no long, then you can roll it over. It doesn't count as a year of service time. Because here's the thing: the Yankees are clearly in a in a in a tailspin. So the fact that service time is even being talked about is disgraceful in itself. But if that's going to be the Yankees' mo or whatever, until Peraza gets called up. I need to see Cabrera at short from here on out. Well, again, we're assuming that's what the Yankees are doing. They probably are, but we don't know that for a fact. We know how they handle their prospects. What what else would it be? He's not ready. (laughs) Okay. Yeah, no one's ready. No one's ready. Can't trade him, but no one's ready. Well, what's what's more likely? (laughs) Listen, dude, I don't even know anymore because I live we live in the twilight zone with this team. Can you That's just for a second? No, no, no. I'm not going to get out of control. Right. I'll let it get there. I'll let it breathe. Okay. And you just keep going. So my big problem with today was uh, was Glaber Torres was one of my big problems. Okay. 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 
it's it's time to cut that cord. Yeah, I think we're. I think it. You know that the first half where everybody was like, "Oh, it should have been all star." I think he's shown now. He's regressed back to what he was in 2020 uh, and twenty twenty one. Beyond where he, was pro- where he was probably the worst everyday ma- player in Major League Baseball. Beyond, he's beyond that now. And it's not even that he's bad. It's just that he has no baseball intelligence. I'm not saying that he's like stupid, like he can't count to three or he can't spell cat, but he's stupid when it comes to playing baseball, okay? Yeah, yeah. He has no plate discipline. He has no knowledge of what's supposed to be happening. Like, you're struggling to score runs. You know Manoa is struggling to throw strikes. You're up 2-0 in the count. Take a pitch. No, no. He's got to be the hero. He's got to try to uh, swing from his heels. The pitch is w- way inside. Could have been 3-0. Manoa gets back in the count, strikes him out, but, inning over. But Runner bro, at second base. No, no, no. Hold on a second. I don't know if we're talking about the same at-bat. There's two at-bats. There was an at-bat where he's 3-0. He was, then there was an at-bat later in the game when he was up 3-0. And he grounds out. Pitch, pitch is way inside. He could have walked. You know, again, it's Cabrera behind him. You don't know what Cabrera's going to do in that spot. But at least you can extend the inning. And, and take a chance that something might happen. No, he's swinging. There's certain guys on this team, and I don't like I don't like swinging three zero. I'm a, I'm totally against it. I hate it. It's one of my pet peeves. I understand why people do it, but there's certain guys on this team that the red light should be up when it's three zero. Okay, one hundred percent. You you want to give Judge can have the green light three zero. I didn't even mind it when Rizzo had it three zero uh, later in the game because he actually he didn't. He didn't come through, but the, it was a fastball that was um, middle in, I think. Maybe it was a little, little bit low, but it was kind of in a zone where he could have hit that pitch out. And correct, so no problem. Correct me if I'm wrong. The Yankees had a lead at this point. It might have been up one Rizzo. nothing. It, it was either one nothing or two to one. And and it, no in the three zero count with Glaber, it was two two, I believe, at that point. No, because it happened in the first inning, and then I believe it happened in the in the third inning. So it was early in the game. No, 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 no. There was another yeah, at bat yeah, then. Yeah. There was, was another at bat. At-bats. It was his first two at bats. Okay, I'm telling you, it okay. was his first two at bats. Okay, then there okay. was three at bats. You just missed the last one because I was listening in the car. He wasn't up two o three o at any other point. Okay, we'll see. Uh huh. Okay, but you want to give it to Rizzo where he could he could cheat a little bit on a fastball and hit one out. I don't have a problem with that either. But there's certain guys that don't have enough plate discipline to know when not to swing. They just think they have have the. Uh, the green light, they're just going to go bananas, and that's what you saw with Gleyber Torres. That could have been a situation that cost the Yankees because they allowed Manoa to get back in the county, grounds out, and they, score, they strand another runner in scoring position. You know, and how many times? You know, he made a really good play uh, at second base later in the game. DJ made a little wayward throw; he was able to pick it. But how many times do you see Gleyber Torres? This he just doesn't seem to have his head in the game. Wow, I can't believe you're right about that. Okay. Well, I watched the game today. Yeah, I had to listen to it. Okay, well. So Tor- know, I- So it was only the third inning. Yankees had first and second. He gets a slider, a sinker, and a four-seam fastball. Nowhere. Okay, so the second, first and second pitch were close, but they were balls. Third pitch way outside. You got to be taking way inside. Sorry. No, it shows outside. Yeah, it was inside. Oh, okay, okay, okay. You got to be taking till you get two strikes. No shit. You take until you get two. You have two runners on. And he fouls one off, swinging strike, and then grounds out. 
awful. Yeah, that, that was the second at bat. That, that was, was the second one. Wow. But I'm just, I, I can't, do, like we, excuse me, we said last year that they had, they had to cut the dead weight, right? Boy, Urshela, not that these guys are necessarily dead weight, but the staleness out of this team, right? They had to get rid of it. They did some of that. Now, next year, you have to continue this trend, and, and Glaber Torres has got to be one of these guys. You know, you can't hold out hope that you're going to get a good player for him. You just have to get him out of here now at this point. Yeah. Yeah. You think Glaber's one of those guys that goes somewhere else and is successful? I don't. I think we're seeing, I think we saw his, you know, what he's capable of. We saw we saw the uh, his ceiling, and I, I just don't see him ever coming close to it again. I don't know if he's, I think he can be a solid everyday player. I think what his numbers will be this year, or what he's going to probably finish around 250 with 20, 25 home runs, you know, maybe driving 60. That's not bad. For it's not a terrible days, year. But I think we've seen enough of him now at this point to, you know, somebody was telling me in, in the, in one of, on one of my tweets, like we need to be patient with him. Patient. patient. What the guy got called? Up. How many more? How much longer do, do we have to watch Glaber Torres? Do we have to be patient with him. What year did he get called up? 18? 18, right? It was 18. When did he have Tommy John? Was that 17? Yeah, he, yeah, it was 18. He got called up for sure. It was 18. Did he get he called up big, at the beginning of the year? No, he got called up in May, I believe. And then when did he have the breakthrough year? 19. Yeah, it was 19 when he hit 38 home runs. And then that was it, man. He just disappeared. He's he really I mean his rookie his rookie year 24-77, then he had the 38 and 90 year, and then he hit 12 combined home runs the next two seasons. I know one of them was the the COVID year, but he hit 9 home runs last year. That's pretty bad. If you're if you're only going to hit 9 home runs, you better be hitting 320. And he hit for the guy he, he for the guy he profiles as. He hit 259 last year. I was going to say, it, he was definitely in the 250s. He had a 697 OPS. I mean, it was just, it's not acceptable. You know, so. Yeah. He, he just, a, I mean, now watching him for all these years, he's not a guy that you that you would say, who's the winning ball player on this team? You don't point to Gleyber Torres when you ask no, that question. You definitely don't. So, you know, and who's a guy that you want to talk a little bit positively about this team, you you know, and you want to say who's a guy that is a winning ball player and maybe he does it with smoke and mirrors and we've talked about this is Nestor Cortez. The Yankees needed him to, to show up today and he did. Yep. All right. He gave up, was it one over? He gave up one run one over six. six. He, he didn't get charged with that second run, right? No. No, he was out of the game. It was, so uh, it was Loisica that got yeah, charged for the second. Right, because Boone finally started. This is the problem. We'll get, all right, let's not get sidetracked. We're bring the, let's Stay talk positive. about Nestor. Let's talk about We're going to bring the train the, back onto the tracks a little. We'll talk about uh, the bullpen in a moment here, okay? Okay. It pains me to say this because you know how much I love the guy, but I'm not making excuses for him. I'm not defending him anymore. Nestor Cortez did today what the Yankees needed Garrett Cole to do yesterday. Correct. Everybody's saying, and look, 
you can't win many games one nothing, right? We all know that. It's tough to win in a situation like that when your offense cannot score a fucking run to save their life. Correct. But you are Garrett Cole, right? You're Garrett Cole. What, what are you brought here to do? Win a one nothing game. Save the team when they need to be saved. And again, that inning got away from him on Saturday because he fucking doesn't know how to pitch. I don't understand how a guy that's supposed to be as good as him and, and people will say he's a very cerebral pitcher and blah, blah, blah. is so stupid on the mound sometimes. When the inning got away from him with the walk to Dan, uh, Danny Jansen, right? We all know that. That's where the inning fucking blew up on him. It wasn't the double to Kirk or the double to Bradley. It was because he walked Danny Jansen. And earlier in the game, the previous at-bat, Danny Jansen stood no fucking chance against Garrett Cole's fastball. And Garrett Cole's walking him because he's throwing him fucking junk. Correct. So that's where the inning got away from him. And then again, you know, you have to sometimes get on that mound and, and proclaim who the fuck you are and say, you know what, you guys might only give me one run today, but I'm going to make that one run stand up. And he didn't do it. And that's a complete failure on his part. And again, I don't want to hear, and people were like, well, you know, it was really good yesterday, except for that one inning. Well, you get four fucking <laughs> runs in that inning. Hold on. Let me you just say. four runs in that inning. Let me just say two things. One, real quick, that's, that's like people who care about ERA+. Plus. That's like people who are like, yeah, well, if he wasn't pitching at Yankees, well, he does pitch at Yankee Stadium. Okay? That's the first thing. This is reality. You can take whatever you want in your fantasy land. This is reality. The one inning means something because it ruined the fucking game. Okay? That's first of all. Second of all, let me ask you a question. You talk about what Garrett Cole's brought here to be. Right? Let's just say it's a it's another Subway Series World Series. Okay? Yankees-Mets, game one. It's Garrett Cole versus Jacob DeGrom. I tell you, you fall asleep because you took back too many Jack and Cokes. You you fall asleep in the second inning. You wake up because I'm calling you off the hook. I say, bro, Yankees won the game. What do you expect the score to be? One nothing, two to one. Correct. Correct. And if the Yankees win, it's because Garrett Cole fucking went out there and shut down and went toe-to-toe with the fucking best pitcher in baseball and did his job. I don't give a fuck if it's one run. I don't care if it's 10 runs. The second this guy gets a lead, his job is to fucking protect it. So don't give me this bullshit that the, that the offense sucks. He, the offense did their job. Whether you think it's fair or not, Garrett Cole having a lead should be end of discussion especially in a time where this team is in a downward spiral and their ace is on the mound. Because what do you think is going to happen when he's going toe-to-toe with the best in the game? I'm sorry. There's no excuse. I didn't say that there was an no, excuse. No, no, no. I'm just saying in general because people, a lot of people are trying to make excuses for this guy. You cannot make excuses for him right now. Every time it seems like he's ready to turn the corner, he does what he did yesterday, which is unacceptable. The Yankees gave him a run. We know he can win one nothing games. We've seen it. It was the best game he ever fucking pisses the Yankee down in Houston last year. We know he can do it. What's do you know what his ERA is right now? It's like three four, three forty four. Three four one. Yeah, he's not had a good year. There's no way you can defend anything that this guy's done this year. Terrible. Now what it becomes is to figure out how to be 
the best version of Garrett Cole as we head to October. Okay, that is what the Yankees need. It doesn't matter what any. It doesn't. What is he going to have? Like seven, eight, nine more starts the rest of the year. It almost doesn't matter what he does now. The rest of the year, now nah. your year, your year is fucked. Okay, you're not gonna you're not gonna look at the back of Garrett Cole's baseball card in 2022 and be like, wow, he's really no, he's had a poor year. He's every every time he does something, a new career high in this, a new career high in that, blah blah blah. It's not and it's not anything good. Do you think because we've talked a lot about Garrett Cole? and his mental capability, at least for this year, it just seems like it's just, he just constantly is doubting himself. Do you think that he has it? He has enough within him that the second, the second we hit in, get into October into playoff baseball, that he still has the mental capability to, to drop his balls on that mound and be the guy we need him to be. I mean, am I being honest with you? Be honest with me. Yeah. I have not seen it. Uh, but as a fan, I have to believe it's in there or else what are we watching for? Yeah. Because I've said it time and time again, there's two guys the Yankees cannot survive being bad in October, and he's one of them. And the other guy is Aaron Judge. They need they need both he they team needs both of those guys to be the best of themselves come October. Yeah. The Yankees cannot if think about it like this. Look at the rest of this rotation, right? If Garrett Cole is bad at not winning games, where are you getting the wins from? Yeah, because it, it's crazy. It just it, do you yeah because do you do you trust Jameis and Tyone? No. What's a good What's a good outing from Jameis and Tyone? Three innings and five run. Uh, five innings and three runs. I would take. I would at this point, I'd sign up for that all day. And the problem yeah, exactly. with Jameis and Tyone is that he might give you a quality start, but those three runs are coming early with him. Like when he's giving up th- only three runs, they're usually coming pretty early. And you can't have that in a playoff game anyway. I mean, we can get into how bad Frankie Montas has been for this game. And this is last week we sat here and said, you know, the line's not great against Boston, but the stuff looked really good. He was fucking terrible the other day. Terrible. Unwatchable. And who else? uh, Who else is in this? Herman? Herman's not taking the fucking ball in October. That's not going to happen. Right? Right. So, so you have Herman here, who, as we were saying, like, okay, well, you know, he's kind of matched what Montgomery's been doing in St. Louis. Not really the reason why the Yankees have lost, but he sucked his last time out. Yeah. And guess who pitched the same night that he pitched? Clark Schmidt. They're on the same schedule. Crazy, man. It makes no zero reason. sense. There, there is zero reason. None. You cannot give me one good reason. I would love to hear it if you have it. Okay, why Clark Schmidt should not take uh, Herman's next start? I just don't. I can't wrap my head around the fact, and I know I harp on this. I can't wrap my head around the the fact that there's people out there defending this organization, their their decisions. How can you defend this general manager? How I mean, uh, I mean, Aaron Hicks is still in this lineup pretty much every day. How do you? How are you defending this? Well, not really, not anymore. Well, you know what I mean. He's he's still playing. You still have you have Clark Schmidt now rotting away in in AAA, just like everyone else, right? You have a kid in Peraza who who I'm sorry. Look, I said this, I tweeted this the other day, but Florial and Cabrera are not the sparks this team needs. We all know what that spark is. Don't let's not pretend. Let's not play make pretend. And 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 that the Cabrera call up was to spark something with youth in this lineup. 
He's not the guy. I'm not it's saying. Half, yeah, I'm not saying it's, it's a, not it's been great. Measure. Look, it's, it, it's been cool. Yeah. It's been fun watching him, but it's not the move. And if you're telling yourself that it is, you're you're either in denial or you're fucking Cashman's burner account. Look, it's a half measure, which is the Yankees is what they do all the time now. We all know they should have went out there and got Luis Castillo. That's the guy you pay the extra price for him. And I saw some dumbass on Twitter today. Put, he got roughed up today. I think he got four runs in five innings. And somebody's like, yeah. "Oh, is this the is this the guy you wanted? Yeah, it's the guy yes. I wanted. He can have he can have a fucking bad start. You've seen the Yankees have scored one legitimate run off this guy in three starts. He gave that home run to Higashioka because they pushed him because they were up like forty to nothing against the Yankees in that game at Yankee Stadium. You know. So yeah, that's the guy you go and get. You know, one of my buddies asked me, what- but but just to finish this point, okay. Castillo's the guy they don't want. They don't go there. They take the half measure. They bring in Frankie Montas, and what happens? And here, this is for that that bad Yankee takes account. When I tweet it, I can't wait to see what fucking second class bum the Yankees bring out. And that fucking virgin loser scumbag retweeted me and was like, "Update, yeah, update now, bro." How's Frankie Montas been as a fucking Yankee? Okay, yeah. How's that been working out? Because the Yankees took the fucking low road here. To bring in, uh, to bring in a second class pitcher because that's what he is compared to Luis Castillo. We all know it. Let's admit it. Right. I'm not saying. I'm not saying this is. We've we've written the book on Frankie Matas as a Yankee, but let's admit what he is compared to a guy Luis Castillo. Right. Yeah. And the same thing with Peraza versus uh, uh, Cabrera. Cabrera. We all know the move was fucking Peraza. That's the move all the fans wanted. This is the move that this is the one of your top five prospects. Cabrera's like ranked twelfth. Yeah, twelfth. But they brought him up. It's a fucking just to appease people. It's a fucking half measure. It's what this team does. Making now. a fool of us. Making a fool of us. So my buddy texted me and he asked me what I truly think. Do I yes. think it's just the no They're different buddy? No different buddy. Uh-huh. What do I think is going on? Do I think it's the dog days of August? Do I think this team just genuinely sucks? And I gave him a few different points. I think one of my points was that the starting pitching is they're throwing a lot of high leverage pitches from start to finish. Right? And that's taxing. That's taxing. Recently. Recently, yes. Recently, I'm talking about. That's very taxing on a pitching staff. And they've still been pretty good. Um. That's one of the things. I think another thing is is Stanton not being in this lineup and really rounding out this lineup. Oh, and, but wait about to wait till you hear this one. Uh, let, do you want to do it? You want to tell me now? Yeah, I do actually. Let me hear it. Stands, stands zero for seven in his rehab assignment. Yes, I almost so, care. So I I saw tweets today. Be like, this is the guy the Yankees are waiting for. He can't even hit double A pitching. <laughs> Here's what these you got to worry are, about with Stanton. These are real. These are real, real people. people. Maybe. Real maybe people. they might be bots. But here's the thing with Stanton, right? He's got to be healthy, and you got to—he's got to feel like his timing's back. The second that happens, I don't care if he's zero for fucking twenty. You bring him right back up, and you get him back in this lineup because he makes. The Yankees are going to Anaheim after they play the Mets. I heard Boone say he doesn't think he'll play against the Mets, but he should be in LA for the okay. uh, Angel series. All right, so he's close. So. So that's another thing. I think Stanton does a lot more for this lineup than people think, whether he's slumping or not. And then on top of that, you're seeing guys like Judge, who's clearly in one of the worst slumps of his life. He's, But he's not getting great. And, and recently, he's been getting better pitches. 
because I think pitchers know he's just not seeing the ball now that well. But you're seeing him being pitched completely different than normal. Okay, so that's that's what that's wearing on the team. But here's where my the biggest point I made that you I, don't have to you don't have, you don't have to, to pitch him. him right you don't now. even have to pitch him. You literally don't. But here's the biggest point I think I made that that hit home for him was that last year Brian Cashman did a really great thing at the deadline, and we got to give him credit where it's due. Andrew Heaney, yes. <laughs> Brian Cashman went out there and made some surprise moves that 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 when you stepped away from it and looked in, you said, this general manager has faith in this team to take it to the next level and to win a World Series. And Brian Cashman went out there this deadline with a serious team now because when you compare this team to last year, this team's way more serious than last year. They had such a big lead. They were, they were a powerhouse. They were the best team in baseball. If he went out there and solidified that with moves that proved to this organization, to the players on the field, that he had faith in them to take it, take it the distance and win a World Series, you might see a completely different team out there right now. But when he doesn't do that, when he fails to do that, when he brings in the second-rate guys, and I'm not saying Frankie Montas was a bad move in, in, a, in a vacuum, but when you take into context who he could have gotten, what he should have done, it's deflating. When you look at what he did at this deadline, getting rid of a guy like Montgomery, it's deflating. And again, we talked about that. It's, the deflation doesn't come from the trade of Jordan Montgomery. It comes from the fact that the guy they got is hurt. Right. He's if not Harrison even here. Bader, if Harrison Bader could have stepped into the lineup on August 3rd or 4th or whenever he would have gotten here and played, it might be a different story about how you feel about that trade. Like, like think of it this way. Right? You travel a lot for work. Okay. Yes, okay. Sure. You're fucking having the best year of your fucking work career, of your professional career. Right. And there's rumblings that with the right vehicle, you can take shit to the next level. And you're the guy to do it. You're the fucking man. And then you turn around and your fucking boss gets you a Prius when you were expecting a fucking Jeep. How do you feel? How do you feel? Do you feel important? Do you feel like they really value you? I feel like they believe in saving the environment. Okay? Right. Instead of fucking just going all out and being the best company they can be. And that's really what it comes down to, man. That's really, and that's not an excuse on the players or, or Boone, because regardless of what the GM does, this team needs to break through and get in the fuck, get their heads out of their asses. But at the end of the day, man, I'm sorry. You people might be sick of me saying it. I'm not taking any blame anywhere else until the one person who I feel is most accountable gets held accountable, and that's Brian Cashman. So if on opening day, okay, I told you that we were recording a podcast on August 21st and the New York Yankees were 26 games over 500 with a seven-game lead in the East. I'd be so happy. Right. I I Jeffrey Tubin on the fucking podcast. It's just it you have to take things into perspective that they're still in a really good spot right now. Yes, they are. Okay. That's why with wins like this today, you can kind of step away and be like, okay, maybe, maybe, maybe. I know a lot of people were freaking out 
about this because it's Manoa Scherzer DeGrom his next three games. Well, the Mets might slot in Taiwan Walker, uh, and we won't see DeGrom, but everybody's like, oh, should I even watch? Listen, the Yankees couldn't hit fat gym teacher Kenny Powers right now, so it doesn't matter who is on the mound for and, the opposing And, team. yeah, you should watch because DeGrom and Scherzer are great pitchers. And if you're a fan of the team, what – you just you have a defeatist attitude like that, then what's the point of even being a fan? Like if that's just the way you feel about certain things. And they won today. They, you know, they should have smacked the shit out of uh, Alec Manoa. They didn't. I mean, and Alec Manoa is a guy. He's a great pitcher. I don't want to take anything away from him. He's a fake tough guy. I'm so sick yes. of this fucking act. Okay. Yeah. I think. Do you think he hit Judge on purpose? I don't think he hit Judge on purpose because he's been he was wild today. Okay. Do you think, but. Okay, so here's what I will say. You think Manoa had an approach there that maybe he was going to throw inside and, and actually back judge off the plate a little bit? I think he doesn't. I think he didn't know where his fastball was going today, and okay. he tried to throw inside. And I think Judge knew that. And he and you talk about what does Judge do as a leader? He took this as an opportunity to get his team's blood flowing today. Okay, let's 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 just stay there for a second. I thought of you, because again, I was listening to, at this point. I thought of you. I was waiting for the text, your your famous text, that you say, that's the game right there. Because the second he got the team going, and then they fucking went down and died that inning, did you think the game was over? They were winning at this point. Uh, no. They no. laid down and died after that. Didn't you think that that was going to be the moment they fucking broke through? Yeah, I thought they were going to break through there, but I don't know if I had that feeling of dread that the game was over at that point. I did. I certainly did. So I think Judge took that as an opportunity to try to get the team rallied, get the team motivated, get their blood pumping. Okay. Ultimately, I guess it didn't work. They didn't score that inning. You know, Garrett Cole's the first guy out of the dugout. He's chirping at Manoa. You know, cheeseburger boy after the game is like, well, if Judge really, uh, he, what did he say? He said, well, if Garrett really wants to do something, he can walk past the Audi sign. Okay. <laughs> do we remember? I don't know if you remember, but do we remember back in April when Luis Severino hit? Uh, I forget who it was, but he hit one of the Blue Jays, and Alec Manoa was running his fucking mouth from the dugout, and Sevy challenged him to come on the field, and Alec Manoa did he not disappear. Yeah. Okay, so Little bitch. you, I mean, you can talk about Garrett Cole, who was actually out on the field today. Okay, whether or not he actually wanted to do anything about it is another story. But you know, Garrett Cole is usually one of the first guys out of the dugout, and this is not, you know, this is not me praising Garrett Cole, but he's usually one of the first guys out of the dugout when shit like this happens. So he's not hiding like a bitch in the dugout, right? Okay. And you know, and Luis Severino told you to fucking man up. You didn't want to, and then today. When Aaron Judge was was fucking talking shit oh, to you, I you're like, doing on purpose. Oh, Mr. Judge, I'm sorry, oh. geez, I didn't mean to hit you. So yeah, that's bad boy. about it. Yeah, okay, but he's he's a great pitcher. I'm not going to take that away from him. Yeah, I have no respect for him though. I have no I'll tell you what, out of the three big pitchers or whatever you want to call them that the Yankees are about to face, there I only have respect for one of them because I absolutely hate Max Scherzer's guts. Because of his eye? No, no, the eye's actually kind of cool. I hate Max Scherzer. I think Max Scherzer is the biggest bitch in baseball. I really do. 
I really despise. I'm I know actually, a lot of people look, and again, they're not sticking up for Garrett Cole here. Everybody ripped on him for uh, the way he acted after Billy Crystal took four minutes too long on opening day. <laughs> Max Scherzer literally threw a fucking Japanese ambassador off the fucking mound <laughs> on Japanese Heritage Night at City Field. And then he's like, and he, the players should get paid more. Fucking loser. I hate him. I hate him. Okay. I really do. I hope the Yankees fucking destroy him. I really do. DeGrom, yeah, I mean, different story. I probably respect him more than any other pitcher in baseball by far. The need, I mean, the Yankees really need to win. Uh, I don't know if the Yankees are going to play either of these next two games. The uh, weather around here is not supposed to be great. So mm-hmm. we'll see what happens with that. But, um, yeah, so we were, as we were saying, Nestor Cortez went out there and did what the Yankees needed Garrett Cole to do on Saturday. He went out there, one over six, it was kind of a fluky home run because it dinked off the fucking wall twice. And I don't know if you saw it. It hit the front of the fucking wall where uh, you would think the that the Hicks ball would bounce it. on to the, at the very least, the, the ball would bounce onto the field, but it went up and bounced over. And, you know, it, I know it wasn't Aaron Hicks's fault, but it was just fitting that Aaron Hicks was there when it happened. Uh but if you look at Nestor Cortez's numbers, man, I mean, he's having the type of season that we wanted Garrett Cole to have. You know, if we could have had those two guys pitching like this, maybe things would be a little bit different. But, you know, that's what I was saying. Contextually, you know, the Yankees are still 26 games over 500. I know they were pushing 40 a couple weeks ago. They had a 15-game lead. They, it's still seven. So the, the, they've come back. Seven to the in pack, the loss, not, eight overall. But not really. Have they really come back to the packet? I mean, this is why, like, they suffered one of the worst stretches they've ever had. There's still seven games up in the division. So now it's time to play better baseball. Get this, whatever this was, just get it out of your system. Even if you split with the Mets, that's that's fine. Split with the, if you play 500 baseball on here on out, you're you're still going to be in pretty good shape going yeah. into listen going into October. Listen, we got to be fair, right? Everything you're saying is fair. I think what it comes down to is that we're fucking thirsty, man. We're hungry. We're thirsty and that. hungry. And this team looked like it was an historically right. good team at the beginning of the right. year. And, and now and now they're looking like what we thought they would be, a right. fourth place team exactly. at the beginning of the, when we were doing pre-game, uh, pre-season stuff. So, again, were they ever really as good as they were when they were 51 and 19 or whatever it was and they were pushing 40 games? No, they were never really that good. Are they four and, what are they now, five and 14 or four and 14 in, in August? Are they that bad? No, five. they're not that bad. We know they're not this bad. Yeah, and I think, again. So now it's just got to level out. If they play to a 500 record the rest of the way, they're going to get into the postseason. They're going to be the ALEs champs. And again, people are like, you just have to, People don't understand this. You have to only be three games over 500 to win a World Series. You go 11 and 8 in the postseason, you win the World Series. You don't have to be a world beater come October. That's what no. people don't understand. That's what pe- a lot of people have this misconception that you have to just play tremendous yeah. baseball. Hold you on. don't really have to do it in October. You're, you're, I get the point you're making, but it goes a little deeper than that. I mean, you don't have the the ability to go, you know, zero and eight, and then win eleven straight. Yeah, right. right? You this can have team, a four, you the can problem with this team three. right now was even okay. when they were at their best. Here's my look. We can all sit here in the moment and be heated and be just 
you know, just discouraged overall and want to vomit when we watch this team, fine. But at the end of the day, the only rational takeaway from all of this, for me at least, is that even when this team was at its best, they still couldn't beat the Astros. And so I don't understand right now, unless this team turns it way the fuck back on, how this team right now compared to back then, compared to the middle of the season, how this team, how you're going to tell me this team now is going to come anywhere near beating the Astros in the postseason, especially because they lost the best record in the AL and now they're playing more games in Houston. I don't understand it. And that's where my biggest discouragement comes in. in because look, could they have a, an epic collapse? Could it happen? Yes. Is it likely? No. Where they don't make the playoffs. It's very unlikely this team doesn't win the division, even playing like shit. I mean, they would have to finish under 500 not to make the postseason completely. Right, completely. Right? And I still think they're going to hold on to the division for sure. I really do. I would fucking hope so. Okay? So, it's very reasonable to believe that this team is going to face the Houston Astros in the ALCS. And I just don't see how if they, if I was, if I was, if I was questioning it two months ago when this team was fucking unstoppable, how I can sit here and honestly tell you and anyone listening to the show that I'm confident they can do it in October. They need to have their their slay the dragon moment. All right. This is just what it is. And look, anything can happen in October. We've all seen it. Look at the nationals a few years ago. The Nationals were under 500 at the All-Star break. I believe they were under 500 at the All-Star break the year they won the World Series. So we all remember the last great, I mean, the last real great Mets team. Well, I guess the 2015 team went to, went to the World Series, but that 2016 might have even been better. They lost to an 82-win team in the St. Louis Cardinals in the NLCS that went on to win the World Series. the World Series, Series so yeah. We yep. all know how these things happen. Uh, we all remember 2004. Okay, so okay. shit happens. I was there. All right. Okay. <sighs> you know, people were there at the stadium today to celebrate Paul O'Neill, but he wasn't allowed to touch anybody. Okay, disgraceful. I wouldn't even honestly. There's so much more to get upset about that. I honestly, I, I really, I took the entire day to just really get that out of my system because I didn't think it was worth truly wasting any energy on in this show how disgraceful that whole presentation was we all knew it was a money grab uh and it just it it was rather embarrassing embarrassing uh, i don't even know why paul o'neill did it to be honest i think it, it, it meant a lot to him i think if you saw him and uh him today and and heard him uh that it, it really did mean a lot to him and i think even under these conditions uh, he wanted to accept that honor. So, you want me to read a tweet I, I got from my tweet from O'Neill? Uh-huh. I said, "Screw the Yankees honoring a guy treating him like he's got the plague for not being vaccinated, not allowed in the booth. How won't shake his hand? Disgusting and pathetic. If real Michael K, if Michael K had an ounce of authenticity in his bones, I threw in in his bones because he loves saying that. He'd uh-huh. stand up. Bones. He'd stand up for for this nonsense. Someone just replied." It could have been easy for O'Neill. All he needed to do was get a shot. 
everyone else should put their health at risk for the guest of honor? Okay. He's not in the booth because he did not meet a condition of his employment. He's lucky they let him work from home. You know what my reply is going to be? It's my new reply. Okay. Tweet. And that's how I get through in life. I just reply, okay, period. Uh-huh. Okay. Okay, 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 okay. Yeah, so, uh, I mean, it was Paul Neal, just for a quick second here. I mean, I, I tweeted this, and it's tr- and I believe it. I mean, I don't know how you could disagree with it. I think he's so beloved is because the fans saw the faults in him. They knew he wasn't the best. They knew he wasn't the most talented, the most athletic. But what did he do? He was he grinded. He he showed you every day on that field that he wanted it. And that's what we loved about him. And you can question maybe 20, 22 out of the 26 guys on the Yankees, whether or not they really want this. Yeah. Yeah, dude, play with fire, man. No no doubt about that. And you know what? Do I I think the Yankees retired too many numbers. I mean, do I think he should have got his number retired? No. Probably not, man. Like, I hate to say it about Paul Neal. I don't think that he should have got his number retired. I think a, I think an honor like that should be reserved for uh, guys that, if they're not in the Hall of Fame, guys that have a case to be in the Hall of Fame. Like you could make a case, you could make a case because of how good Don Manley was for that stretch of time. He deserves it, and it was an injury that really kept him from getting to that Hall of Fame level. We know, you know, you, you list off Mantle, uh, fucking Ruth, Garrick, DiMaggio, obviously Jeter. You know, Andy Pettit and Jorge Posada really don't deserve it either. Like, honestly, the way I look at what the criteria you need to, to have your number retired, Andy Pettit was a really good pitcher. Was he ever truly great? As much as I love the guy, was he ever really truly great? You know, he's never he's not a guy that sniffs the Hall of Fame. The same thing with Posada. Posada was a really good player. You know, the real true backbone of his team. Yeah, and here's the thing, too. If, if you're going to make a case for a guy who's not a Hall of Famer, I think at the very least, outside of Babe Ruth, who's obviously the greatest player to ever live, apparently. Okay. But he's like Santa Claus. You don't believe in him. Okay. Don't believe in him. Okay. Uh, Outside of him, at the very least, you got to be here your whole career. You got to fucking be here. Like like Posada, okay, I don't agree his, his number should be retired, but at least the dude was here. He was part of the core. He was he was here for a bunch of championships, and he was here his whole career. Like Paul O'Neill wasn't wasn't here for all. When did when did Paulie retire? Two thousand one. After two thousand one, the two thousand one World Series was his that last was game. it right? The whole yeah. chanting on the field. No, uh-huh. so like it's tough. Is he beloved? Yeah, I just feel like the Yankees have turned the number of retirement into something that's tradition that's that's prestigious, that doesn't happen often, they turned it into a clear money grab. And there's no doubting that. Like, like I'm sorry. The fact that Derek Jeter got his number retired, how many years after he, he left the game? 
Yeah, but I think that was extenuating circumstances. Why? Because I think they knew because he was already planning to be part of the Marlins ownership group. Okay. And I think they wanted to get it done before he was part of another team. But, bro. But what? But hold on. Hold on. That should have been something that, like, our kids are our age now and we're going, listen, this motherfucker right here, one of the best Yankees to ever live. He should have been carted out because he couldn't really walk that well. That's how long they should have waited. But they did it like this. Why? Because the team was shit. The Yankees were shit. Well, it happened in 2017. Okay. Okay. Did they expect to go to game game seven of fucking ALCS? No, I don't think they expected that. But I'm telling you that it had a lot to do with the fact that he was in Mm. the process of buying the Marlins. Okay. What about Posada? What happened uh, there? What about what his? about Pettit? When when How did about they retire his? his number? I don't know. Who cares? Then they waited a, a respectable amount of years. And and we were there. We say we say this all the time. We were there for the Jeter retirement. The worst thing the Yankees could have agreed to was having ESPN do that game because it was so rushed. It was so awful, in my opinion. Well, he it was also apparently uh, Jeter's call. He wanted to do it on Mother's Day. And I think that, and again, what you're forgetting here is that it felt as rushed as it did because there was a doubleheader that day, which they Mm. weren't planning on having to have happen, but it did. Okay. Okay. And another guy out there, I I guess you could, what about Bernie, man? Do you think Bernie deserves it? No, 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 I'm sorry. Look, these guys were here for. I struggle, sh- with, I struggle with him a little bit more than the other guys, though. Look, I the, do. look, these guys were here for a stretch of time that you might not ever see in in any sport ever again. That those teams were historic, and and they were so good. They just made it look. They just made it look like that's what they were there to do. I can't explain it. You go back and watch some of those games from back then. You just you had a team that was just knew what their their job was, and they had no doubt that they were going to do it. It was a different time. Well, that's what everybody keeps bringing up too. Is another thing is like the two thousand Yankees. They lost like twenty straight games at the end of the season. They still won the World Series. That team knew how to win, right? That that was a team when you you could trust that when October hit, they could turn right. the friggin' switch, and they knew what they were doing right out there, right? And so it's easy to sit here and say like, oh, but it's Bernie. Oh, but it's Jorge. Oh, but it's Pettit, who, by the way, is my favorite Yankee probably of all, second favorite Yankee of all time. Okay? Mo, absolutely. That's not a question. Right? We can sit here and, and, and draw the line. But it's easy to get emotional and say, you yeah. You don't think Joe Torre should get it? Uh, possibly. I do. I mean, Joe Torre was... Was one You're of saying the, they should take his number out. Oh, no, no, no. I'm saying he should be retired. It is retired. I know. I'm saying it should be there. You think they should take it out? No. No, I think he deserves it. There's two guys that I I, if I really want to campaign for to get their numbers Bill unretired. Bill Dickey. No, not even. Reggie all, Jackson. Reggie Jackson, number one, okay? And Roger Maris. Come on, dude. Look, okay, fine. Fair enough. But at least you can sit here and say the dude had a record that has never been clean, has never been broken by a clean player. 
ever. Hasn't even been close. You saw six. Stanton you was saw close. 60, you saw sixty-one, right? Of four million times minimum. He, he's not. He was never. Yeah. yeah okay. He MVP, but he. But he, but was, he did something historic. But, but was was he ever a great player? Do you know what's crazy? Ever since Babe Ruth hit sixty, you can make a case that every single person who broke that record maybe doesn't deserve it. Maris played more games. McGuire. Roids. Okay. Sosa, Roids. Okay. Bonds, double Roids. And then no one else. That's crazy. So for Maris to do it, maybe give it to him. I mean, Roger Maris isn't even in the Hall of Fame, bro. <laughs> yeah, who do you think? Uh, you think uh, Posada mean, is? Yeah, but I mean, at least Posada was a lifetime Yankee. Roger Maris was here for what, five years? He was here for a cup of coffee. When did Roger Maris? Let's look this up. Roger Maris was there in 60. He won MVP. Yeah, 61. Okay. 61. And I believe he was gone by 64. Let's look this up. Okay. We, there's, there's websites for this now. Okay. okay. Maris was gone by 64 or 65. And uh, we all know why Reggie Jackson's in there. Okay. Yeah, he, he had a good game in the World Series. 66. 66, okay. And Maris won back-to-back MVPs in 60 and 61. I mean, is that, is that enough? I mean, is that really enough? You play six, set, one, two, three, four, what did you play, seven years here? It's play because of the home run. One. It's because exactly. of the home run record. At that point, I mean, seriously, if you, A-Rod deserves it more than Roger Maris. Oh, yeah, that will never happen. That would never happen. I can't wait to see who gets 13 next. This is going to be fun. Didn't someone wear it recently? Yeah, Joey Gallo. Yeah, Joey Gallo. And the Yankees did that as a giant fuck you to Alex Rodriguez. Absolutely. And they because got rid of him and then shipped him yeah. off. And they because he ripped, he eviscerated Joey Gallo on fucking national TV a week before the trade went down. Yeah. So the Yankees were like, all right, we'll give him your number. Yeah, you know what? Don't worry about it. He actually probably didn't even want it. And they were like, oh, no. Gallo. I think he wore I think he wore 13 in Texas. Yeah, I'm sh- I know, but I'm saying he was probably uncomfortable with it. They were he's like, uncomfortable with, he's uncomfortable with, with everything. Things, yeah. 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 So I got, before we wrap up the show here, we definitely have to give uh, Lou Trevino a lot of credit yes. for this win today, man. Two and a third innings. Uh, he really held it down. Uh, the Yankees were really short in the bullpen. Uh, Aroles Chapman was available. <laughs> <laughs> Just when you thought Chappie was coming back around. You saw where the you saw what the Yankees' thought process on that was. Good he was definitely them. available. Uh, you know, the Yankees used three pitchers in the seventh inning there to to get through it. Uh, did they? Yeah, they did. They used three pitchers to get through the seventh inning. How? Because uh, Wiseka came in. He got one out. Wandy Peralta got one out, and then uh, Trevino got one out. Oh right, yeah. Because. Again, I don't know what Peralta's doing there. And this I'm a I like Wandy Peralta. I think he's been really good for this team, but Jackie Bradley Jr. sucks. Okay. Yeah, can't we all walk know him. that he, he's got what a four hundred OPS against the lefties. You gotta fucking challenge him with a fastball there. You can't yeah, you got you got that slider over three one, but you gotta challenge him in that situation. 
I would honestly rat, and I I know it's stupid, like it's a it's a dumb thought to have, but I was rather him get beat on a fastball and give up a grand slam than fucking walk and lose the game than have him nibble with a slider there against a not a guy that's not a good hitter. Well, if you notice something, he's not just a bad hitter; he's fucking terrible. Um, but he was a thorn in the Yankee side all weekend, and not for anything great that he did. Isn't he the one who broke open the game against Cole? Right, but I, you know, Boone said a defensive positioning it wasn't really well hit. Oh my blah, god! Blah, blah. Give me a fucking break! Give me a break! So, uh, Lou Trevino gets a lot of credit, man. Two and a third yes. today, N- nails it. You know, he nails it down here. Um, he gets a lot of credit for this win today. We found out after the game, Scott F. Ross was unavailable because he had shoulder soreness after the game on Saturday. I was wondering what the hell was going on. Yeah, so we found that out. Uh, Luizica steps back into the circle of trust, walk, you know, uh, walks a batter, couldn't only gets one out. Wandy with the walk, and then Trevino steps in there, and, you know, he has a great game. Marinaccio threw 18 pitches in the last two days. The Yankees wanted to stay away from him because, God forbid, somebody pitches three days in a row. But this is the last point I guess we'll make on the show today here. Excuse me. Somebody's got to close games. Why not Ron Marinaccio? Yeah. I mean, why not? At this point, why not just give it a shot? Why not? Dude's been, been great. Mo- not even one of the most dominant relievers for the Yankees. He's been one of the most dominant relievers in baseball in the time. And they had him in AAA for five and they had weeks. Him in AAA. Yeah, I mean, it just doesn't make any <laughs> sense. But oh. I mean, why not? Why not Ron Marinaccio? Hey, maybe that's the- where they're going. I don't see the harm in it, honestly. Maybe that's where they're heading. Albert Abreu's on the IL, so. Yeah. I personally think. Um, Holmes is, I think, I know he said that the back wasn't really bothering him up until the last outing. I think that that shit was, was tight or something. And he just wasn't saying it because that guy's so talented that I just don't understand how he fell off that much with how dominant he was. So I'm willing to, to let him work back and, and earn that closer spot back when he's healthy. You want to know what encourages me about Clay Holmes is that he didn't, he wasn't hit. He didn't blow these games because he was getting smacked. Exactly. Around. He just completely, I mean, there was one game he came in. It might've been his last game before he admitted he was hurt. Whereas like one of the first pitches, he just threw it to the backstop. I'm like, what the fuck is there, this man? He gave up a bomb to uh, Salvador Perez in that game. The Yankees could have swept. Kansas City. That was really like the one big hit he gave up. Other than that, you know, he gives up sing, you know, he gives up a couple singles here. They find holes in, in the infield. You know, some of them are well struck, I'm not gonna say they're not. But the trouble is started because he can't find the plate. And that's a mechanical issue, or that's because he was hurt. Yeah. So if the Yankees can iron those things out, I think we can see first half play home. So I'm not really that overly that concerned with him. Yeah, and and the big hero out there, there's two big there's really three big heroes today. Nestor Cortez pitched a hell of a fucking game. Okay, one. that's one. That's number one. Trevino is a uh, Trevino, not Trevino. Trevino, okay. hero. Susan two star of the third. game. Susan star of the game was was he okay? Lou right, Trevino, okay. okay. And, and Andrew Benintendi, man. Benny, but but Benny. And I think Benintendi's looked a lot better the last two days when he's been hitting at the top of the lineup. Fucking shocker! Oh, shocker! You know what? You know how you know John Sterling should just retire and hang it up when you just you can't even make out his home run calls anymore. No, I thought it was pretty good today. No, I just couldn't. I couldn't make it out. 
I don't know if I was just emotional. I was screaming. My daughter was crying because I, I scared her in the car. Okay, I just her. couldn't make it out. I didn't even know what the fuck he was saying. What was it? Uh, um, there was. It was two, he. He does this thing where he does two now with everyone. Yeah. He called them Bennies from Heaven or something. Yeah, see some, can, yeah, something like that. All right, fill air for like one second. Uh-huh. Right. So, so I'd say overall, because and I was trying to get to this point before, but we kind of went off track. You can be excited about today because everything has to be optimistic for oh, it us. Goes, okay, do you want to finish your point? Uh, yeah, I just want to say that I know it's still discouraging how they're playing, and I know that after Donaldson's Grand Slam, you thought this team was going to step it up, and then Montas just fucking ruined it. But every time they have a game like this today, you have to, as a fan, go to sleep at night saying this is what's going to turn them around. And so I give credit to Ben Benintendi for that big fucking monster home run and hopefully woke the beast so he goes benny oh molto bene it's raining bennies from heaven okay that's good pretty, it's solid i thought it was pretty clever it's solid okay so solid as we look ahead here unless you got anything else you want to talk about nah, okay? nah, i'm done uh-huh. this show wasn't as negative as i you know i was just age. thinking that i actually feel good right it was almost like a therapy session a little bit but it wasn't as negative as i thought it was going to be because they won they won today. They, and they won needed today. to win today, and I think it. If Every they time they out, win, they need it at this point. Yeah, and we're not we're not going to sell T-shirts that says we're back after today's game. Okay, okay. We're not doing okay. That. okay. Let me just ask you a question before you get yeah. into the look ahead. Last thing I'll ask: Does this team win a hundred games? How many games are left? Mm, I don't know. They played one hundred and fourteen, or no, one hundred and twenty-two. There's seventy-four. There are forty, 40 games right? left. Forty games left. They need to win 22. Can they go 22 and 18? I will fucking sure hope so. I really hope that they can go 22 and 18. Yeah, but we said way. that we said that, you know, at the also break, all they had to do was play 500 baseball. They win 100. They haven't played 500 baseball. So no, they've, they've got, I think they're like 13 and 26 in, in this extended right. stretch here. So, so yeah, can they go 21 and 18? I hope that's the bare minimum what they do the rest of the way. I would like to really see them start playing better baseball and, uh, you know, I'm not saying that they need to bludgeon, you know, blow through teams like they did in the first half of the year, but is is 22 and 18, is that too much to ask? I mean, I hope not. I really hope it's not too much to ask at his, at his team the rest of the way. They need to – where, where's the central leader at? Because I think that's what we need to look at. They need they need the buy. I mean, we the bare minimum is they need the buy. They can't play in the wild card series, right? Correct. They're not even that far ahead of Cleveland right now. <laughs> <laughs> no, they're eight up on Cleveland. So I think they're, I mean, if we're saying that they're safe seven up on Tampa and Toronto, I think eight is safe up on Cleveland. They're three behind the uh, the Astros right now. So, I mean, I guess with a hot streak and if Houston cools off a little bit, maybe they can catch them. But remember, the Yankees got to play four games better than Houston because Houston owns the tiebreaker. So... Yeah, I mean, the Yankees won 100 games. They're going to be the second seed in the, uh, in the American League, and I think that's that's the bare minimum of what they need to be. If they're in the wild-card series, I don't even have – honestly, if they're in the wild-card series, I don't even know if they get out of it. Maybe not. Sad. And we hope that the Yankees do because, as this was announced on a game season live earlier uh, this week, uh, NYY News TV is presenting a second event, and it will be scheduled for the uh, – 
the day of game one in the American League Division Series. Uh, all the details are on at NYY News TV on Twitter, so please go there and check it out. Uh, it will be scheduled it's scheduled for October 11th, game one in the ALDS, so we're, as a company, hoping the Yankees don't fuck this up somehow. Oh, man. It's risky. It's risky. It's a little well, risky. When, when Pete and Francis started putting this together, it, it really wasn't. But now it might be. But again, uh, thank you very much for listening to episode 295 of the NYYST podcast. And if you're watching on NYY News TV, please subscribe to the channel. Please follow us. Please give us a five-star rating and review on iTunes or Apple Podcasts. We appreciate it greatly. Appreciate your continued support. Uh, It's the Mets in next, and then the Yankees will hit the road trip. They'll be out west to play uh, Anaheim and the A's. So if the Yankees can split with, with the Mets, they are playing weaker teams and hopefully we can start to to build this thing back up here. Where I'm Boone was right. It's in front of them. All they got to do is handle their business. And like I said, 22 and 18 is not asking a lot, and that's handling your business, and you'll be the AL East champs at the end of the day. So okay, 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 okay. Okay, So we said things are a little bit more positive today after uh, the win today. If they, had, if they had not won this game, I don't know if I could have sat here and talked to you for an hour and 20 minutes. No but Okay. So uh, that's it. Thank you again for your continued support. Follow us at NYYST underscore podcast. Please go to patreon.com slash NYYST. I will probably do my exclusive show there after the Mets series. So check that out. And uh, thank you very much again. Chris, say goodbye. Peace. NYYST. This is New York. Yankee Sports Talk, swinging for the fences, knock it out the park. This is New York, Yankee Sports Talk, Christian and Chris, of course, SGR. This is New York, Yankee Sports Talk, call me New York, Yankee Sports Talk. Record, rain and shine, grab your shades and umbrellas, NYYST, you're hanging with the fellas.